Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everyone. I'm super excited to have on the program today Ray Youssef. He is the CEO over at Paxful. Ray, welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, Lark. So can you tell us real quick, just to start off, anybody who's not aware of what Paxful is or what Paxful does, just give us a quick rundown on it. Uh, Paxful is a uh, online wallet, and it's also a universal uh, translator for money that's powered by a peer-to-peer marketplace. So basically, imagine your PayPal wallet, but you don't have to have a bank account to use it. You can top it up with a credit card, with Western Union, with cash, with bank transfer, with anything in the world. Anything anyone will accept value for, you can do that through the power of Bitcoin. So. Any form of fiat can be converted into Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin can be withdrawn, essentially converted, transformed, translated into any other form of fiat, whether it's a gift card, PayPal, cash, bank transfer, any currency, anything. That's the first time in history that's been possible. So if you think about what that actually is, it's a financial passport, really. Honestly, in a free and open world, the United Nations should have issued everyone on the planet a financial passport. Like, really, that's what they should yeah. do. It's a right. If you can't exchange the value of your work around the world for the value of other people's work, you're only it's almost like being in a cage. You're cut out of the world economy. And that's how so many smaller emerging markets get basically strangled. It's, all, it's basically economic terrorism. I call it the currency wars. So if you don't listen to, you know, Big Papa, the Big Stick, whoever Big Papa is, used to be the English Empire, now it's us Americans, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't listen to us, we uh, will destroy the value of your currency on the open market for a variety of tactics. And then we'll come in with our corporations and start eating up chunks of your infrastructure. And the whole while your currency is being devalued, so your central bank gets hungry to preserve its value of foreign currency so it can buy stuff it needs, like medical supplies or military equipment or stuff and the people cannot transact outside of the country destroying their exporting and importing power it's an absolutely disastrous cycle and Kleiner Perkins in his book Confessions of an Economic Hitman he talks more about the corporate side of things but not many people talk about these currency wars and what the effect it has on the people right it destroys economies and that's what's happening in Nigeria right it's a great case study for us because it shows the power of passport like when you give someone a financial passport like to us in Europe and America it doesn't seem like we don't see the value of it because we don't need it so much our banking system works we are like the, the spine of the central of the world economy right for people outside of that it's absolutely a life changer massive life changer so there's a lot of examples I can give to explain it, and examples are what it's all about, but essentially the reason Artur and I and the whole team are doing this is because, you know, it, it didn't start off about money. It started off, hey, can we make a startup that actually, like, people need for some stuff? Mm-hmm. And it worked because uh, in the beginning we were 
first trying to do a POS for retail so people could accept Bitcoin, but no one had Bitcoin. No one in retail wanted to mess with it. Of course. I got kicked out of freaking uh, hot dog stands. Take <laughs> 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 Bitcoin, get out of here, get out of here with that. Only dollars <laughs> here. <laughs> give away free Bitcoin. People just flat out refused it. This was like two and a half years ago. They're like, get away from me. Try to give you $100 worth of Bitcoin. No much that'd be worth. Oh my gosh, <laughs> thousand bucks! Oh my goodness, but yeah. So I mean, that didn't work. So we pivoted because uh, it was interesting. A friend of mine came up to me and he was like uh, Max in New York, and he helps run BitDevs, which is like the leading technical Bitcoin meetup in New York City. And he knew that our two and I had were basically homeless in New York at that point. We, we spent like all our life savings trying this idea, it didn't work. And, uh, Bunch of Bitcoin in your pocket that nobody will accept. Exactly. <laughs> so we were like, we were just doubted out, man. And he came to us, he was like, hey guys, maybe you should try these PayPal My Cash gift cards, right? And I'm like, what about it? And he's like, well, you can uh, take a $500 PayPal My Cash gift card, the people will give you the code, you can credit it credit it to your PayPal account and spend it with a PayPal debit card. And he said, you can get it for 250 bucks worth of Bitcoin. I'm like, what? Why would someone give me a $500 gift card for 250 bucks worth of Bitcoin? He's like, try it and see. I'm like, all right, let me just see. And I tried it, it worked. <laughs> it worked. And I was like, whoa. We scaled it up to the point where we could pay our rent and we are you know, not starving anymore. And we actually had some money to like work on our startup. And we were like, man, this is fucking awesome. We should show other people how to do this and make the system better so they can, like this gift card thing is crazy. The margins are so high, right? So yeah, we started off like basically as local Bitcoins, as an escrow mm -hmm. service and a listing service, but we focused exclusively, like not exclusively, but especially on gift cards. And that was because it was for us, it was, we were more concerned with uh, the entrepreneurs that were gonna make money with this and the people that needed to, to exchange cash for something else, Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. Small, there were small transactions, right? And it worked, and so we built this and people started using it very, very slowly. And then our big break came, right? When Backpage.com lost their Visa and Mer MasterCard merchant account. Some sheriff in Illinois got all holy of them down and started, you know, preaching on, probably gonna run for office soon, good luck to him. That's such a good point, though, that people don't understand. Everything that they think is their financial safety is can be taken away like that. Your currency can go overnight. Look what happened in Ukraine. Look what happened in Venezuela. Your credit card services that you depend on for your online businesses, gone. Exactly. And what refuge is there? Where do you turn? It's only Bitcoin and services like Paxful that add this like, abstraction layer around there that helps you convert any form of fiat in and out of it. Like this is where people are now going. And the future is very, very bright. I've heard that Coinbase is adding 100,000 new users a day. It's crazy. It is crazy, right? But I believe it. Yeah. These are people that have bank accounts and they're mostly from the West, right? Now they don't really need Bitcoin. They're just getting into, into it to invest and speculate perhaps. The African people need Bitcoin very badly, especially the Nigerians, people in Zimbabwe, anyone whose currency is really under attack. Why? Because it's a, they can move money out of their local currency, which is rapidly depreciating, and into something else that's stable, or in Bitcoin's case, going up a thousand percent every year, at yep. least, not bad, 
right? So that's a hell of a switch right there. But once you say moved you over your entire life savings to Bitcoin, how do you spend it? How do you buy groceries at the store, right? So there also needs to be a way that people can withdraw, like sell their Bitcoins for cash to their bank account and make a bonus off of it too. And people are doing that. Like there's people in Nigeria that have moved their entire life savings from Naira into Bitcoin, put it on Paxful. And every time they need money at the end of the month to buy food or take care of bills in their local currency, they just sell the Bitcoin, they cash out, they withdraw it as local currency. Boom, they've got everything they need. So there's another use though, they're using for a third use. And this was very interesting to me because I didn't realize other limitations that they have, which are that even if they have a bank account and they have a bank card like, attached to it, like a Visa and MasterCard bank card, debit card stuff, et cetera, they are limited to 100 USD a month in online purchases. And, yeah, yes, 100. Imagine you, your credit card is limited to 100 bucks a month. Oh, my God. How messed up would that be, right? Like, you're not buying an iPhone, man, or an Xbox or any damn thing. Get it. <laughs> so they've got this huge... Uh, limitation on their importing power, right? So how do they use Bitcoin and Paxil to get around that? And I was, I studied this because I, I was super curious. Like, what are these folks using the Bitcoin for? Why do they want it so much? Because some of them were taking up to a 50% loss to get Bitcoin with an iTunes gift card. And they were going through these Chinese vendors or selling their, Nigerians are getting $10 million of iTunes gift card codes a week, selling them to Chinese vendors on Paxful. And I was looking at this and I'm like, what the? Well, that's another story. What are these Chinese doing with these iTunes? <laughs> I don't know. What is going on? But the first thing is like, okay, so these Nigerians are, it's worth it for them to get Bitcoin, even at these prices. What's the thing? I know the first two things we're using it for, but how is it restoring their importing power? There are two examples, right? One guy loaded up his wallet with uh, almost a thousand bucks worth of Bitcoin. Then he sold the Bitcoin to this dude who added like 1100 bucks of money to uh, the Nigerian guy's AliPay uh, account. AliPay is like the PayPal of China. Mm -hmm. Then the Nigerian dude took the $1,100 in AliPay account and bought an iPhone off AliExpress. And he still has some bonus left over. Like, that's pretty freaking cool. That's right? pretty cool. So that's what that's what, and one other guy, another interesting example, and this one's even, uh, this one's really interesting. I didn't know that in Nigeria, a lot of the entrepreneurs here would uh, buy cars in America, like an old Range Rover or something, mm -hmm. for like 6K, ship it over to Lagos and sell it in Nigeria for 600% profit. 600% profit. So the moment the Nigerian Central Bank shut down their ability to, uh, you know, uh, wire money out as USD, like to pay for that car in Detroit. We couldn't do that. So how were they going to buy, restore their business of buying these used cars and selling them? What they were using, one guy, he loaded up, uh, I don't know, six, seven thousand, something like that, to his pay up the taxable account, his Bitcoin. And then he found this guy and he said, hey, uh, I'll sell you this Bitcoin for wire transfer. And he said, okay, who do I wire it to? And he gave him the wire instructions of the auction house that he bought it from in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Right? And he told him, yeah, send another one to my friend who will uh, pick it up and uh, ship it. Right? And the guy did it for him. And, he, you know, he got, a, a, got his Bitcoins pretty cheap 
right? And this guy managed to actually get his cars again. And that's how he's restoring his business through Paxful and Bitcoin. So he's back in action now. This block was put on his ability to continue his business and using Bitcoin and like Paxful, boom, he got around it. And that's really at the end of the day, it helps them get around capital controls, whether they're foreign, domestic, or a combination of both. That's amazing. This is, like you said, I think a lot of people in the West, we, we're getting Bitcoin, that's cool, but we don't actually realize the struggles that people go through in other parts of the world. And we see more and more, you know, the war on cash, for example, it's a real thing. You know, in uh, Western Europe, I think now it's in Spain, you're not allowed to make a purchase using more than 3,000 euros cash. If you buy something for 3,200 euros, the cops will come and find you. Hey, you're breaking the law. You can't spend that much money. That's crazy. You know, so obviously in Africa, the situation's a whole different ball game, really. But you guys have been working on a crypto incubator in Nigeria. Yes, yes. So what's the details behind that? What, what do you... Who are you putting in? What are the, what are you trying to get out of it? What what's the whole idea here? Okay, so let me start from the very beginning here. So Nigeria has uh, it's like fighting neck and neck with the United States for our number one country, the number one market. It's grown so fast. Ghana, this little, it's even smaller country, is now our number three country. And we're like, what's going on here? Whoa, where did this come from? Then we started our investigation, and after a while, it came to us like, hey, we have to go there. The only way is to go there and see what's going on. And we went there and we went to the capital city first, Abuja. And we went to a Bitcoin conference, right? Sponsored by uh, this fellow who's the first Bitcoin conference in Nigeria. And now he's working with us. And uh, it was a great conference. We met everyone there, talked to everyone. And we, at the end of the day, uh, my team and I were like, wow, these people are amazing. They are super entrepreneurial, ambitious. There's a tremendous pool of talent in Nigeria, huge unemployment. I mean, the Nigerian people are, they will find a solution to every problem. Talk about like getting up and hustling, they will do it. And most of them, of course, are honest, that's true. There's just, you know, there's some bad apples, it can be a challenging market, but we were just like, we felt a love. Like these people are true business people. They are true FinTech entrepreneurs, that's what they are. And once we explain this whole concept to them, they're like, once they, they get it, they get it quickly, very, very quickly, like faster than anyone ever seen. Their eyes light up, they light up, and they're like, okay. And you see them thinking, they figure out the trade routes in their mind, like, okay, I can do this, change it here for this, and then I can, ah. And then they do their first trade and it starts getting real for them. And we're like, whoa, there's 180 million of these folks, and they're like this, this is amazing. In situations like this, like, oh my God, it, we have to, number one, we're going to open up an awesome office. It's not, it's not us, not just for us. That's why we call it an incubator. This is a place anyone can come in, like we work or whatever, for free, sit down, order some coffee. That's not going to be free. We buy the coffee. We sit down and work, fast internet. We all these crypto people running around. We want it to be a place for the African entrepreneur. Because we know, like everyone says, oh, how can we save Africa? How can we help Africa, right? And, First, like our whole perceptions of Africa are really, really messed up. Honestly, whenever the Western media feeds us anything about Africa, it's always two themes, poverty and disease. Poverty and disease, that's all you think about. Then we go over there and we see, oh my God, like holy, hold on a second. This is, this is completely the opposite. This is something really remarkable here. So 
We have no choice. We have to open up an incubator now because number one, everyone's going to go there. I mean, it's going to get. It's big. It's a everywhere. it's a massive market, and it's just so undervalued right now. It's crazy. It, it will literally be like teeming with people within a week. Like that's how we see it. And we're like, hey, if there's this demand, we're going to sponsor this, and we're going to give these young entrepreneurs a way they can jump into this new economy. And as we. The key to empowering Africa is raising up this new crop of young entrepreneurs. They're the ones who are going to pick up everyone else around them. And that's the truth. That's how you do it. Building schools and wells and all that stuff, we're doing that, which is awesome. But what's even more awesome is empowering the people there and showing them how they can start their own business, especially a financial business. That's amazing. Because they're going to, everything's just going to pick up around. Like, to us, that's like, wow. And we're so honored to be able to play a part in this. We have to do this. We have to. It's going to be awesome. That's awesome already. I mean, it, this is the thing. Give give people the power to empower themselves. That's the, the yeah. only way to really solve anything in the world. They, they know what they need to do. They, they want to do business. They want to make this happen. They want to you know, do these yeah. transactions. Their government works against them. The international corporations work against them. International governments work against them. But in spite of all those odds, these people, you know, these guys are out there flourishing. They're getting their hands on Bitcoin. They're realizing, hey, this is the way we can get around all this stuff. So that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Now, so Bitcoin in Africa is an amazing story. Obviously, the Zimbabweans are getting on board, and the South Africans are getting on board, the Nigerians are getting on board. There are still some countries in Africa where they're having a lot of problems. I know, for example, in Namibia, it's illegal. I'm sure, obviously, people can get around that. It's the internet. But what do you see as being the next big market in Africa after maybe those kind of three big zones that we're looking at at the moment? Well, Ghana shot up to our... our third biggest market, Ghana. It's a tiny little country. It's, yeah. It's puny, right? It's, I don't know, 20, 30 million people, but it's shot to our third, like, it's not even about the size of the economy, it's about the need. And once education spreads, you can literally have an entire country on board and put to Bitcoin. That's what's happening. The African people are not, like, they're, they're shy people by nature, but after they figure out what this really means, what this really is, and how it can change their day-to-day -day lives, they're all in. All in. Because they know what the alternative is. It's just to basically, like, fade away. No one wants to fade away. These people have a strong will, right? They're going to go for it. They're going to try to sustain themselves and their families. And they're Ghana, South Africa is coming up. Like, okay, here's our protocol, right? Whenever we look at a new market, the first thing we figure out, okay, well, is there a need in this market? Like, we know about the extreme need in Zimbabwe, Nigeria, et cetera. Right, so we look at their needs and identify their, uh, you know, want points and, and, and need points, right? Then we figure, okay, how can we get them to Bitcoin? Can we raise up the vendors, you know, the, the sellers in this country that will accept payment in the right way to onboard as many people as possible? And not just tech people or crypto people, like the old grandma or the single mother, you know, that those are the people we need. We want those people. Once we figure out, okay, we've raised the vendors up, the prices are decent, then it's about education. Let's get these people here, show them what this can do, and walk them through the process. And then we just scale that up. We get local customer support. We try to, you know, understand how the people there, the unique cultural points, et cetera. And then that's it. We basically onboarded the entire country to Bitcoin. So now we're doing this with Nigeria. It's a huge experiment, right? But Nigeria is always...
the number one economy in Africa. Where Nigeria goes, Africa will follow. So we're successful there. We're going to take this template to every single country in Africa. It's 1.2 billion people. Expected to go up to 2 billion within like eight or nine years. Nigeria will be responsible for over half that growth. Wow. Think about that. That's immense. Like that's real adoption. And then we're not even talking about Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah, no, or, or, that's it, or anywhere else, right? And now, the one country we haven't mentioned here that has a giant population and a, a big economy is Egypt. What about Egypt? What do you see happening in the Bitcoin space there? Or are they still kind of quite far behind? Well, okay, so disclaimer, I was actually born in Egypt to two to Egyptian parents. So I'm Egyptian, but I grew up in New York since I was a little boy, but uh, so I'm pretty, pretty American in that sense. <laughs> So I don't really know that much about Egypt. I just came back from there because my mother and sister for two days, but I'm hardly over there. I don't really speak the language well, but Egypt is like our, I think, ninth biggest country. So the Egyptians are slowly figuring out. They're also very entrepreneurial people, right? They're not quite as uh, hungry as the Africans, I think. But once the education points are made there and, the, and we find ways, again, apply the template to the country, I think, yeah, it'll be an immense market. For Bitcoin, absolutely. In fact, all of North Africa, I think, will. All awesome. of us. Very, very cool. Now, you have been doing some charity work in Rwanda, if if I'm correct. Can you tell us a little bit what have you guys exactly been doing over there? Okay, so we are just uh, we just funded the operation, but people that actually did it with an organization are with an organization called Zamzam Water. You can find them at zamzamwater.org. And I discovered them as I saw this awesome video on uh, Instagram. I was like, wow, this is awesome. I think it was an orphanage in Afghanistan or something. And it was so touching and emotionally just like sound. Like, oh, whoever, I, I was super impressed by what they were doing. And I was also super impressed by the, the video and the storytelling in the video. I was like, I got to find out who this guy is who made this guy. And I look, and I was Zamzam on the went to their site. And he started like, wow, these guys seem legit. I called this guy up. This is a young guy from, from grew up in uh, Crenshaw Boulevard in L.A. Mm -hmm. Originally grew up, uh, he was born in Afghanistan or maybe he was born in America, but he grew up his whole life in uh, L.A. and now he lived in uh, Texas. And this guy has got a two part-time jobs. We keeps two part-time jobs. It helps him travel, keep a flexible schedule so we can do all this stuff. He, 100% of what you send this guy goes to the people, 100%. He does not take anything for himself or his administrative costs and his team is growing. And I was like, wow, that's awesome that you do that. This guy literally is just one of those people, a total hero. His name is Yusuf Masari, just wants to help him. And I, I, I listened to everything he was doing, all his projects, and I said, I got to donate. I just donated personally. So did everyone at Paxful. Mm -hmm. We all get personally to this guy. And I was like, this is awesome. And uh, then one day, I saw another post on Instagram and it was like, oh yeah, we're raising money for a, a, a school in Wells in Rwanda. I was like, Rwanda, okay, well that's interesting. And I, I, I talked to him about it, hey man, why don't you tell me about this? Um, he's not the type of guy that asks people for money, <laughs> he just put it out there, you have to find out about it. And he told me about it, I was like, this project sounds awesome, and it's a nursery, and it's Wells, and I didn't understand the situation over there, but this is making like a difference in the, the lives of over a thousand people in that area and it's a day-to-day -day difference too like previously like one young boy he made a video I'll, I'll send you a link to it 
Pietro spent six hours a day going to get water from a far off for his family. He couldn't go to school. Six hours a day, if he didn't bring the water, who, who was going to do it? His mother was sick, his father was old. That's it. So because this guy can now get water across the street, he could actually go to school. A single mom with two kids was at this nursery now. She can actually work and take care of her children. She didn't have to depend on the abusive situation she was in. Like, that's a real difference. Like, it's life changing. People, like, life changing on an everyday level, man. Every day. I thought about that. I was like, wow, like, we could actually do this. And we just we confirmed it. We were just there. We were with these people, you know. We've truly, like, in my opinion, we have, and I know, we've changed the world. Maybe not on a huge level, like we, but man, we have changed the world for these people, for these thousand people. That's real. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to say, I told Yusuf, like, and this was his plan too. Let's focus on one place at a time, really bring it up, like all the wells in the, the nursery. And then, then we can build a primary school and then like a hospital. And let's like make this the model for every place around them. So they all want to come to this place, right? Let's get them solar power, electricity. Let's get them everything you need to build a self-sustaining like civilization here. And let's replicate that. And he's like, yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on quality, not quantity. We're going to really bring these people up, like change the game for them. And we did it, man. Like, that's just amazing. Came back. It's actually like you, you have to you have to come with us next time. I will. I'm down. I, I would love to. I'm, we'll sign me up. Let me know where you're going. I'll meet you guys in Rwanda. That'd be <laughs> out of control. That'd be awesome. Super safe and super civilized and super clean too. Let me just say that it's cleaner, it's safer in America and cleaner too than New York. Anyway. Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's uh, the people are so sweet. The food is amazing, and it's just a great place. Like those that village we were at. That was actually the place where the genocide started 20 years ago. It was in that building, right? So it, it has like really poor infrastructure with all that. People probably all of them, like people half the village was gone, right? So, you know, this is this is something that made us understand that we can actually make a difference now. Like, and these guys accept Bitcoin. They're called Zamzam Water. Like, you can go to their website, email info at zamzamwater.org, Yusuf himself checks it. He'll give you this Bitcoin address. You can donate to him directly. And uh, it's funny because the first time I donated to this guy personally, I told him, man, uh, I, I can send you this Bitcoin. You can cash it out. And, and he's like, okay, how do I do that? And I was like, oh, okay. Well, he has a bank account, right? So I said, oh, okay. Open up a Coinbase account. So he opens up a Coinbase account. The CEO of Taxwell is telling this guy to open up a Coinbase. But, you know, they made it easier for people with a yeah. bank account, right? I, I didn't, there was no corporate motive here. I was just trying to donate to him. He, so he opens up a Coinbase account, tell him, give me the Bitcoin address. He finds it on their site, sends it to me finally. And I send the Bitcoin. He's like, okay, I got it. So what happened was for six weeks, Coinbase locked his Bitcoin until he verified his non-for-profit. Mm -hmm. His accountant emailed them every day for six weeks. No answer. No answer. And, then, and they wouldn't let him take the Bitcoin out either. Six Go weeks. customer yeah. service, huh? I mean, it was, then I was like, oh man, okay. I was like, Tom, like, don't worry. Uh, we'll use Paxful. And I just, I basically uh, did a trade on Paxful with one of the uh, Paxful vendors and I told him, hey, uh, here's this Bitcoin. I gave another, you know, uh, Bitcoin again. The Coinbase was still holding the original. 
And I told him just wire it to this account. He did it. Boom, it was done. So it's <laughs> peer to peer, it just happened just like that. And Coinbase finally, a week after that, uh, they gave back the bitcoins and you know, he got it again. But man, it was, uh, <laughs> it showed just like what people really need to like these non for profits use a very simple way just to withdraw their money, right? Yeah. You don't have to tie up the for six weeks. And I'm not dissing on Coinbase because they're experiencing some growing pains right now, just like cracking us and everyone else. Yeah, right? unimaginable. I, I can't imagine what you guys are going through with the, the onboarding every day of thousands of people. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it's madness. I mean, our sign up rate is like went from like. 3,000 to 4,000, so like it's happening within a week, we're seeing it spike up like this. Because if you think about it, I mean, Coinbase getting 100,000 signups a day, that's from the bank world. We're talking the unbanked world, which is far more populous. Mm -hmm. So once we simplify the process, like we're still in the process of upgrading the whole platform. We expect a 10x increase in the signup rate or more, especially with the app coming out. And we've just been collecting feedback all this time, but. The point is, brother, we can make a real difference right now. So this is a, a massive shout out to all the people in crypto here. Look, we can make a difference right now. 100% of everything that we give is going to go to helping the people. And it's going to actually make a difference in these people's lives on an everyday level. Mm -hmm. And like this is going to be a model for the rest of Africa around it. That's the beautiful thing. And this is okay. There's two things that stop us from doing it. I believe a lot of people actually be super generous and humans are super generous by nature. We want to give, but there's two things that hold us back. Number one, we're like, okay, is our money really going to go to helping the people here? Or is it just going to buy a bunch of parties and social networking events for these yeah. non-for-profits? Yeah, come on, man. I don't want, you know, I know you're hanging out with Bill Gates with my money. No, I wanted to feed people, right? Like not you. <laughs> you were pure fat enough, right? And number two, <laughs> Uh, number two, right? They uh, they don't know. Okay, you're going to give this money. It's going to help these people. But what difference is it really going to make? That's the other thing. Like all oh, these people, like they're just dying anyway. Was it? It's actually going to make a real difference because look, it's not just feeding a few people or putting a bandaid on the situation. You're creating a model for success and prosperity that everyone around can look and emulate. That's real. Besides the fact that we're actually making a difference in the lives of a thousand people every day, besides that, we're building a model. So right there, if you're an entrepreneur, you're like, okay, so we're building some real equity in the process right now, not just putting a Band-Aid on it. Okay, I'm ready. I'm all in. That's it. There's people going to know Bitcoin did this. And that's exactly. Stuff. All built with Bitcoin. That's the hashtag, built with Bitcoin. If anyone can join in on this. They're, they're, they're doing these other initiatives now like this. Coat drive, winter coat drive in Gaza and Afghanistan and Rwanda for young kids, right? Uh, they're going to be building uh, another primary school in the village, and we're sponsoring that as well. So we're going to, our plan is to sponsor all this ourselves, but the more people that get into it, the faster we can move. That's awesome. That's well, you know, definitely, I think right now, too, for anyone who's listening to this, the markets are absolutely on fire. I know everyone's been making killer gains. Spread a bit of love around. I'm going to put the uh, a link down to uh, to ZamZam below. I'm also going to put a link to uh, that video we were talking about earlier so you guys can go and check that out. Donate. You guys know even a few bucks will help massively. If you're going to get a Lamborghini, that's cool. You probably have enough money to give the kids kids in Africa you know, a few bucks too. So seriously, guys, I'm going to be donating. The address will be down below. Definitely, guys, you know, look into doing it as well.
Yeah, awesome. 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 Well, Ray, I, I know you're a busy man, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. This has been a lot of fun. Really interesting to get that inside perspective of someone who's in there in Africa. You know, well, I guess you're in Estonia right now, but you guys are going to Africa. You're doing business in Africa. You understand what the market's like. It's super exciting, and it's awesome to see people giving back. So that's really, really cool. I think Africa, Africa, I know Africa is going to lead the world in mainstream Bitcoin adoption in its real use. In fact, we talked to a lot of people like there was an article on Bloomberg and it said that most of the people that were accepting Bitcoin in Paris, said most of the people that were buying their stuff were from Africa. The Africans, like all the Africans, they're going to have Bitcoin. They're going to use it as a means of payment, wealth transfer, not just speculation and investment. Like for them, it's going to be their de facto wallet. That's the future that's coming. Africa is going to lead this. So it's the perfect. It's one of the the whole continent's a use case study and how Bitcoin can transform people's lives. So exactly, and there's going to be a, a growing cottage industry there of Africans that are running their own business, empowering other people around them. So think about that. That's going to pick up all of Africa. I really think. I really feel in my heart. This is the true liberation of Africa. You know, they won't be able to just attack and pick Africa off one at a time now. But you have these people there that can actually interact with the local economy and they're ambitious and they're driven and they're educated. That is powerful. So I think we're looking at, in my opinion, almost like a crypto golden age. But it's not about the crypto itself. It's about what it can do for the actual people of the world. That's it. That's it. That's amazing. Ray, thank you so, so much for taking your time. This has been an awesome chat. Yeah, thank you, Lark. You rock, man. I really appreciate it. Too. Cheers, man. Cheers. Love you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.